<clears throat> so diving in, this is an interesting one because, um, you know, it's not like the, the conference talks and, and sometimes the enzyme kind of gets skipped over. I know at least by me, I, <laughs> I don't know, uh, for some reason out of the totem pole of, of things, the enzyme articles just aren't um, my top priority. When I get to them, I, I can, but um, anyway, this one in April, 2020 was kind of um, talked about a lot uh, when it first came out, uh, some hubbub, but um, I never did uh, dive into it fully like I am this time. And, and it is such a, a rich, powerful um, discourse and um, on all that we need to do to prepare um, for the second coming in lots of different ways. But uh, I don't know, as we were going through it, we were just kind of mired down by all of the footnotes and, and the rich references as we're, we're studying all of it. Um, it's kind of uh, one of my, my favorite talks or um uh compendium of the the second coming like all of these footnotes uh, cover it pretty plainly and and, and completely it seems like but anyway um any things that kind of stood out to you guys as you were uh, going through this for the uh, for this class as we're reading it are the footnotes, um, Cameron, just scriptures? Because I none are coming up for me other than the scriptures that are linked in it. Uh -huh, yeah. So if you're just in like the digital version, uh, it's just the the inline um, little scriptures. Link. Okay, and that's all. Because I would say I can't find any footnotes. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And then um, in my my book, I, I put those as footnotes uh, in there. That oh, okay, out to so, the side. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, um, let's see, how many do we got here? There's, in this one talk alone, there's a, 6, 27, 28, 29, 30. So it, I think either 31 or 32 uh, different references to, to scriptures um, that, that he puts in here, which are, are pretty fun. Um, let's see. I think it's very interesting. Yeah, just right there in, in the first paragraph, verse one, um, where he says that this work is empowered by a divine announcement made 200 years ago. And that that uh, divine announcement was seven words, you know, as we're looking at number symbolism and, and things, um, seven being complete, seven being, you know, the, the uh, dispensation, um, and everything. I, I think that that's interesting. I've never um, quite put that together there, but but those seven words that this is my beloved son, hear him. Um, I think that's significant. Um, let's see, where is that first footnote? Um, the, the very first footnote there, uh, or inline uh, reference, goes to, to Doctrine and Covenants 88, uh, verse 73. And uh, <laughs> we spent a good half an hour just diving over that one. Um, I think that that's a, a really fun one to, to go look at. But um, as we look at preparing for the world for the second coming, um, when it says, uh, I will hasten my work in its time, we we often don't take the, the context of that specific phrase, right? And so I don't know, I just wanted to kind of uh, read through that. 
Uh, Doctrine and Covenants 88 is called the olive leaf plucked from the tree of paradise. So it's got to be good, right? Um, so let's see, we're looking at verse 73. And if we are are opening that up in, in our scriptures and going to uh, the, the heading or the, the chapter summary there um, for Doctrine and Covenants 88, uh, just kind of reading over some of those sections. I mean, there's, there's a lot of power in there. Um, but 73 um, is contained in the, the set of verses that is verses 62 through 73. And those deal with draw near unto the Lord and ye will see his face. And I was like, huh, that doesn't <laughs> seem to, to reference. I will hasten my work in its time. So it, it got me curious. And I was, I was going through that and, and reading all of the verses from, from like 62 down through through 73 there. Uh, I just wanted to kind of go through those with you guys, see what you guys thought too. Um, it's interesting. I have a scripture because it says to hearken, you know, to hear him, but uh, I have it linked to, uh, what scripture do I have it linked to? I think 64, but it's Doctrine and Covenants 1017. It says, they are slow to hearken unto the voice of the Lord their God. Therefore, the Lord God is slow to hearken unto their prayers to answer them in the days of their trouble. So it's like, we need to listen to the spirit. And what have they been saying? If we don't listen, then the Lord's not going to listen to us when we're asking. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it kind of makes me uh, think of uh, Bednar's talk as well, you know, um, referencing the JST of the, the 10 virgins, you know, they, uh, uh, you knew me not, you know, if, if you don't put forth the effort, then, then he's not going to uh, be able to, to respond in kind there. I love that. And you said it was 1017 for uh, that hark in there. You're gonna have to footnote that one in. That one's fun. Um, let's see. So, um, that I will hasten my work in its time, kind of reading it in context there in, in DNC 88. It says, and again, verily I say unto you, my friends, I leave these sayings with you to ponder in your hearts with this commandment, which I give unto you, that ye call upon me while I am near. Draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. Seek me diligently and ye shall find me. Ask and ye shall receive, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Whatsoever ye ask the Father in my name, it shall be given unto you that it is expedient for you. And if he shall ask that is not expedient for you, it shall turn into your condemnation. Behold, that which you hear is as the voice of one crying in the wilderness, in the wilderness, because you cannot see him. My voice, because my voice is spirit, my spirit is truth, and truth abideth and hath no end. And if it be in you, it shall abound. And if your eye be single to my glory, your whole body shall be filled with light. And there shall be no darkness in you. And that body, which is filled with light, comprehendeth all things. And so, like, even still, I'm like, huh, this is an interesting uh, context to, I will hasten my work in its time. Because I've always applied it to, like, missionary work, right? Uh, but continuing on, uh, I'm just kind of passing through, like, verse 68 now. Therefore, sanctify yourselves, your minds become, that your minds become single to 
God, and the days will come that you shall see him, for he will unveil his face unto you, and it shall be in his own time, in his own way, and according to his own will. Remember the great and last promise which I have made unto you. Cast away your idle thoughts and your excess of laughter far from you. Tarry ye, tarry ye in this place, and call a solemn assembly, even of those who are of the first laborers in this last kingdom. And let those who... Uh, whom they have warned in their travel, call upon the Lord and ponder the warning in their hearts when they have received for a little season. Behold, and lo, I will take care of your flocks and will raise the builders and send them unto you. Behold, I will hasten my work in its time. I give unto you who are the first laborers in this last kingdom of commandment that you assemble yourselves together, etc. Um, anyway, it, it was kind of interesting that I had always framed this kind of out of context. I will hasten my work in its time. Um, but with this footnote, it led me to, to go and study it uh, further and deeper. And I, anyway, I, I just understood that in a, a much more powerful way of that the hastening of the work in its time um, is about coming unto the Lord uh, for him to unveil his face and for us to do all of the work necessary to, uh, like Elsa, hearken uh, unto him so that he can hearken unto us. I think that that's that's huge. Uh, this work is empowered by that divine announcement, which, which opens all of that up, gives us access to, to him in that way. <coughs> um, what other things, uh, mother, did you remember that we <laughs> went through? I've got lots of chicken scratch notes here. Well, it's interesting in footnote <clears throat> C, and that's found where? The end of four, verse yeah. four. The end of the fourth paragraph there. And in Corinthians, Corinthians, and that was about seeing his face. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, also DNC 7610. And that was about the, the hidden wisdom and the mysteries have. yeah that seemed to be kind of a prevalent theme throughout the the footnotes at least in the first half of this this article mm -hmm. but anyway i've got one two three it's like there's the hidden mysteries the hidden wisdom parting the veil and seeing him so hastening the works is is multifaceted there mm -hmm. but these are kind of this list that I just the one two three. That's like individuals that are, you know, coming, opening up so they're understanding and and able to part the veil so that they can see him. And that's what the temple's about. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're we're there doing proxy work and stuff, which is great, but it's there so that we can learn to come into his presence to see him mm -hmm. uh, anyway it's just it's just really interesting how that kind of unfolded because we we started out talking about missionary work and stuff just between us and then yeah it, and it kind of evolved into it's <laughs> <laughs> like no this is a lot more than that Yeah, let's see. So what do you guys think the most important thing 
we can do to come into his presence now? Good question. How would I answer that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, always I keep think rending the veil of unbelief that it, mm -hmm. we're not going to be able to because that's for us to do it. I'm finding it's it's everywhere in the temple and everything. Um, like that little soliloquy that uh, Adam gives at the end of the film about, and I will see him again in the flesh. That's just paraphrasing. But that comes out of, of the book of Moses. But I mean, they're trying to teach us in the temple that that's what we're that's what we're supposed to be doing but so often we just think oh gosh i'm not worthy to see him or i just that oh nobody sees him you know but the more that we study and stuff yeah that's what it's about and and then as soon as as soon as that happens then he's able to start teaching us and he wants to teach us those mysteries and and stuff. I think he's leading us to those mysteries as we're on our journey to see him. Yeah. But yeah, just getting rid of the belief that we can't, we can't do this. Yeah. I would say that for me, it's all about um, repentance, which is an interesting one because... Uh, something that uh, in one of the Q&As with, with Avraham Gileadi, um, he was like, if you're not seeing Heavenly Father, Heavenly Mother, receiving comforters, etc., then you still have something to repent of. And I was like, I don't know, that yeah. kind of threw me off. Was said that? Avraham. Oh. Ooh. And so I was like, huh, okay. But like right now, as you asked me that question, I think my response would be that. Um is, is repenting. The, the single most thing that can help us prepare to actually part the veil, yes, the, the unbelief, I, I think, is right up there, too. Um, but I would say that the the joy of, of daily repentance, being in that continual state mm -hmm. and actually preparing us to to be worthy, to be confident um, in, in our parting of the veil kind of a thing, I think that that's, anyway, for me, at least, on, on my journey, that's where I would say is number one priority in in the case of Cameron. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's an interesting question. I suppose. What's the single most thing that can can help us there? You know, I don't think that most members of the church. Maybe I'm wrong realize that that is what the temple is teaching how do you feel about that i i think so too yeah i agree with you it's like yep. the, the first time that it like really dawned on me was at a class at education week um when uh c robert line was saying the purpose of the temple is the pattern to come back into his presence and i mean like i had heard it many times before but when it finally dawned on me i was like oh, I, I thought I knew what the purpose of the temple was, but then, uh, you know, and so uh, I'm not saying that I'm further along or anything like that, but like, 
I, at that time, I was like, oh, I wonder how many other people <laughs> have got that light bulb moment too, you know, like, but uh, like you said, I think that the majority of the church are not wrongly, but, you know, hyper-focused on, on proxy work uh, rather than their own personal journey to the veil. And um, that that is the purpose of, of an endowment of power, power to actually fully change and be worthy and confident to part that veil. Uh, anyway, that I, so I remember that. that time people that, misinterpret it because I say that to people and they say, oh no, it's when you die, then you'll see Christ. It's how to rend the veil when you go to heaven and you rend the veil. And I'm like, no, I'm like, <laughs> yes, it's what you need to know to pass through the, uh, the angels to heaven. I'm like, uh-huh. um, okay. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> I'm like, like so, yeah, I think it's very prevalent in the church. Very few people, uh, people who have stu- really studied, mm-hmm. you know, and taken education week or read the scriptures or read commentary, you know, yeah, it's, I think it's very common. People don't believe it. They don't believe in translation either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's the Lord's discretion to translate us, but they don't believe it's even possible. So that's the unbelief right there. Mm-hmm. They just don't even believe it's possible. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, um, I don't know what's popping into my head, but like Egyptians, you know, when they, they give them the scrolls of how to pass through the gates, you know, and, and mm-hmm. actually come back to heaven kind of thing. It, it's so hyper-focused on when you die, that's when that process begins and you actually have to, to do all of the steps. And, and I think that we kind of think about our endowment that same way. We learn all those things and then we're like, okay, get it memorized because, when when you die then you're going to have to to give all of that stuff before you can pass from the veil of mortality into into the spirit world or or what have you anyway i think lots of different misconceptions there when yeah and i think that's what people (laughs) think and i i when somebody told me that i thought that's great crazy talk i thought that's absolutely oh you have to have this stuff memorized you have to know this stuff and if you don't you won't i'm like oh my god really i'm like i'm like oh my Oh, I was like, I couldn't believe that somebody said that to me. I was just so shocked. Mm -hmm. But that's what people believe. And I'm like, why would the Lord make you memorize these random, crazy? I mean, they're symbolic to teach you things. I don't know that Mm -hmm. actually have to principles behind them are what actually enable us to do it, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. (laughs) They have to learn it on their own. Yeah. yeah, I think it's something you can't tell people because they go, you know, there comes a point in your spiritual journey when you discover that and it's revealed to you. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody can teach it to you. You have to discover it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, whole, that's the whole point of prayer and scripture and fasting is that we learn these truths you know the lord unveils them to us as we put forth the effort to learn exactly and the people who don't you know it goes back to when he talked about what was it lazy lazy what was it lazy lazy learners and relaxed disciples disciples. yes Mm -hmm. so some people don't put forth the effort i mean i went ministering and 
and my partner, we went, she said, how are you doing in the gospel? She said, oh, I've been a member of the church for 45 years. But she said, you know, I just, I just do what I'm told to do, but I'm not sure I really understand it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, that to... says it right there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, how many of us are, you know, we all have our own timings and stuff, but like, it, I, I was that way for a long time. Like, I do all the things I go through the motions, but yet I, you know, I, I know that there's more. We talked about it in our Isaiah book club on, on Saturday of like that waking up moment on the Zion Jerusalem level, when you're just like, when you get confirmation that there is more there, there mm -hmm. is meat to the gospel rather than just milk. And you're like, I knew it. I just knew there had to be more <laughs> kind of a thing. And you start opening up and that fuels that fire of like, okay, if there's more than I want to learn it, I want to go to the mm -hmm. Lord and have him teach me all of these things. It becomes this rich process. There's so many things that the Lord needs to teach us himself rather than just having it tangled up with all of the philosophies that, that we have in, in our world today. Don't you think, don't you think Cameron, we, I've asked you this before, but I think we need to be taught by angels first. Mm -hmm. to help us become sanctified, to help us know better what we need to repent of in our personal life. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think, I don't think, boom, the yeah. Lord will just appear and teach us. I think yeah. that it's, you know, a step on the ladder like we've been talking about. I think you have to be taught by angels first mm -hmm. yeah exactly and so like you know the whole format of the temple where we don't have um people teaching and expounding what the symbols are but we have um the lord uh, curating the the endowment through the prophets and then um as we keep going often that the we have the the holy spirit uh, teaching us things and then we have angels that that actually come and help that that process out you know like it's very much that that ministering uh ladder to heaven of of uh isaiah right where the the next step up is is helping us receive those things and, and once we've got that then then it's our turn to to help others uh on the levels below us to to get to their next level it's all about uh helping everyone on the covenant path wherever they're at and um, yeah, I very much so. I think the, the angels are, are necessary before we um, are actually taught by, by the Lord directly uh, in such profound glory, right? It's fun. It is <laughs> a fun about journey. It. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Cameron, what page are you on in your book? I'm on 103, but I mean, I, I don't know exactly where we're going next, but that's where my pages opened up. <laughs> yeah, just kind of pondering there on, on the first paragraph and, and the second one, but. Um, okay, thank you. Yeah, uh, kind of uh, along that line, there in, in verse three, it says, it's breathtaking. How amazing is it that messengers from heaven came to give authority and power to this work? 
because I mean, God has all authority, right? He could have just given it to himself. Uh, but just like you were saying, um, uh, it's not just boom, but yet um, uh, we have lots of different messengers of, of the restoration that are, that are coming and teaching, expounding. And then, uh, as he says here, that are giving authority and power at, at different times for, for different things, too. But and, it, it, it kind of was... Um, boom for joseph smith or do uh -huh. you think he was he had angels appear to him first that he didn't tell us about <laughs> what's your <laughs> thought <laughs> that's a good question because i mean i you know i've heard especially with like don bradley's book and and stuff like that um uh, it seems like the first vision was joseph smith's endowment you know there's uh all of the endowment symbolism is contained within it. And so I had that same question of how could he have been prepared for the endowment at that point when he knew so little of the, the fullness kind of thing. Right. And so, I don't know, I, I've went down that road a lot of different times and, you know, I think it's kind of in the same way that um, like, I haven't been taught like face to face by angels that have actually appeared and, and said like this and that, um, but, you know, just kind of the, the whisperings and the, um, the questions that come to mind. Like, I think that there was lots of preparation by um, angelic messengers that had come, you know, and they might not be recognized at first, but yet when they come in their, their true identity, they can actually restore powers and authority and keys and stuff later on. But yeah, um, the the initial thing was kind of a, a boom one, <laughs> right? I mean, you have God, the father and Christ and, um, coming and, um, you know, they, they didn't do a, the full amount of teaching there, but, um, definitely with as the, the sure witness of like, Hey, you cannot deny this. I mean, we're, you're we're taking you straight to the top. We're taking you to the principal's office you got this so that you know with authority and uh, confidence how to to keep on and going oh but i think they taught him he said i can't even tell you a hundredth part of the things they taught me mm -hmm. so i think they taught him way more of course we know they taught him way more than he revealed mm -hmm. yeah exactly it'd be interesting to to know all of that because like a 14 year old boy even if you are transfigured and and all of that like <laughs> that fire hose of, of <laughs> information right then would have been like exhausting i you know i get exhausted with just like the small little trickles of, of revelation that i get you know they feel like fire hoses to me but i can't even imagine what uh, <laughs> he was doing there's a lot of information and then kind of a lot of time to process that, right? <laughs> but yeah. I just think he was an open sponge to learn. I don't think he mm -hmm. had any preconceived ideas because he wasn't educated like we are. We, you know, <laughs> we're educated with school systems and indoctrinated with all kinds of stuff. And I mean, he wasn't educated. I mean, he maybe had other religions that he'd gone into, but I just think he was open. And that's why he asked for information. You know, he had the desire to learn. So he was willing to learn everything the Lord was going to give him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. How many, of us, 
how many of us don't how many of us have say oh no i know the gospel already i know what it is you know we're just i know everything and i've you know some people know everything <laughs> yeah you know Amen. i don't think we really realize who joseph smith was mm -hmm. i don't think we realized how great he was yeah i agree yeah, yeah. it's amazing um i forget what you said there something was triggered and i was going to say something but i forgot what it was <laughs> well he he did tell um i don't know which group it was was it his apostles or something but he said if you knew who i was really was you would think i if I told you who I really was, you'd think I was a blasphemous, blasphemous. I guess. Yeah, I, I know what you're, I know the comment you're referring to. Yeah. I, I've pondered on that so many times. I was like, I always kind of keep getting like shelved on it, but, but one day that that's going to be a fun one to learn what yeah. the fullness of that meant. <laughs> yeah. Um. So kind of uh, transitioning over to, to verse six there, six, seven, um, about the, the gathering that's happening. You know, we hear a lot about it and uh, different ways and different comments, but I don't know. It's being impressed upon my mind a lot lately of that I need to, to study the gathering more fully. I, I don't think I fully understand it. Um, but where he says in, in the mid verse there, the Lord has declared, I give unto you a sign that I shall gather in from their long dispersion my people, O house of Israel, and shall establish them again among them my Zion. I was listening to um, Michael Rush's book, this la uh, Remnant Shall Return, this last week, and uh, a lot about that, that gathering process and um, the different types and um, things that, that are being gathered. And I don't know. I, my mind always goes back to uh, Elder Bednar's talk at, at BYU, um, the reservoir of, of living water, where he says that he was preparing for a talk on the gathering and he realized that he didn't know as much about it as he, he wanted to, to give this talk. And so he sat down and, and studied the gathering, um, uh, all, all aspects of gathering. And he went into it without preconceived notions uh, or anything that he was like trying to search for, for certain things. He just had the Lord teach him about gathering. And uh, anyway, that, that talk is, is really foundational on that. But uh, every time that I, I've listened to gathering type things over the past couple of weeks, um, my mind keeps going back to that thing of, now, have you done it? Have you followed the pattern? Have you went and studied the gathering like, <laughs> like Elder Bednar did in that talk? Like, I prompted you to do it a long time ago. Now get, get it done. I, I've yet to do it. I need to do that this week. But um, I think that there's a lot more to the gathering, a lot more nuances and, and things that we might not even understand. But um, I, I find it interesting that the Lord says that I give unto you a sign. The gathering itself is the sign that um, uh, that the second coming is nigh, but that his plans are, are being fulfilled, that um, it transitions from uh, the latter days into the end time. 
it's about establishing again among them my Zion. It's interesting how he calls it my Zion. I haven't really noticed that before. Yeah. My Zion. Um, a people that are are worthy and are full of love and like they're supposed to be and do it, helping each other and all the Zion that we're working towards. Yeah. Um, I like all of the different references that he gives here that I don't know some of kind of the, the keywords phrases that we, we learned but um, in verse seven we do so as we help gather the elect uh, of the Lord on both sides of the veil. Um, what's the other one? I keep turning over to this other page. I know it's somewhere here. <laughs> but, um, so um, what does it mean to be elect? Yeah, I, I, that's a, a key point that, that keeps ringing in, in my mind of what, what does that actually mean? Gathering in the elect elect being you know we have the references with uh, emma being an, an elect lady um the uh, foreordination principle uh, the elect of of god being called forth at, at this specific time um yeah i, I don't know if i i fully understand that either i like i have the general idea but like what does it mean to be elect am i elect and who am I searching for as I am gathering Israel? Um, I think that there's a, a lot more to it than. Yeah, I, I, the ones that will be gathered in are those that will come in, come unto Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because what is that verse? The elect hear my voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's the, the ones that are there's a thing by elder mcconkey that's a lot it came from revelations of the restoration i guess it's a book by him i'm not sure and he has a lot about who are the elect mm -hmm. revelations of the restoration um it says the elect of god compromise a very select group of an inner circle of faithful members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints they are the portion of church members who are striving with all their hearts to keep the fullness of the gospel law in their lives so that they can become inheritors of the fullness of the gospel rewards in the light in the life to come um they become the sons of moses and aaron and the seed of abraham and the church and kingdom and the elect of god they keep the oath and covenant which belongs to the priesthood and they are rewarded with the fullness of the father's kingdom that's from dnc 84 um has a lot of scriptures i love that that 84 brings to mind a lot of different things or whatever mm -hmm. uh, does they have proven themselves valiant in the cause of the lord and pre-mortality they were brought to earth the characteristics that distinguish them as faithful in that sphere they are among those whom the savior identified as his sheep who he said would know his voice john 10 27 so it's the people who follow faithfully what the saviors ask them to do and hearken unto his voice and do all, you know, it's kind of like when we were reading the, um, what was the book we were reading by Pontius? 
you know, he Design. said, do all that you can do to listen, hear the voice and obey it with exactness, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's those people who are the elect who don't. And there's also a scripture. I think it has to do with Alexa. I couldn't find it in my notes, but it has to do um, with Nephi and his brothers and they grumbled and it said, I think he was elect because he did not murmur. Mm-hmm. So it's that we don't, you know, we're grateful in all circumstances, no matter how difficult our life is, we're still grateful for those experiences and we listen to the Lord and he'll lead and guide us. But if we grumble and complain about how hard life is, and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so so it makes think- you wonder like how many in the church now are our elect because we have a lot of grumbling happening all over the place right oh yes (laughs) baptism doesn't just automatically make you elect but um finding those that that do want to to take up their cross and and follow him kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's people who who have an eye toward the glory of god Mm -hmm. too you know that are out serving god helping their fellow man um, with the right attitude and listening to the spirit of where to go and what to do. I mean, I think that's becoming like Christ and you're doing his work by serving others and listening to where you should be and where you should go and help others. I think because you're doing his ministry on earth, you know, you're being becoming his hands. Um, to me, that's the elect. It's the people who will go out and serve and help people and not do it just as a checklist but they do it because they truly love other people and want to bring them you know to christ i would agree with that but there's also the elect that are out there that need to be gathered in because um but they haven't had the opportunity they haven't been taught they don't even know about the gospel you know um and yet they'll they'll fulfill those same patterns once once they are uh-huh. and the lord knows you know if they in their heart i think it's then. the pure in heart and it doesn't matter i think whether they're of our religion or not it's <laughs> the people who really are you know pure in heart uh-huh. and so i think it's gathering people because i just was reading something about like how the first people you know that go to zion wherever it is you know the official zion um i think maybe it was one of the books we read and then there's or maybe it's that foreordination book and then the second wave comes out and collects people um and i think it's going to be anybody that it said that's pure in heart mm-hmm. yeah and they'll brought, be brought to they won't be able to go into zion right away because they need to be taught but that's part of the gathering is there'll be groups of people that are teaching uh but they'll be brought to them so that they can be taught and they uh, can grow elder, elder maxwell talked about it in his little book does he what's that little book called a little thin one about zion mm. mm-hmm. well, we, we had talked about that before cameron the little one like a fictional one or yes. yeah yeah that uh, one. the enoch letters the enoch letters mm-hmm. yeah. i just have an inkling of your memory <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i was i was racking my brain like what little book because there's lots of maxwell books but 
Uh, yeah, it popped in my head finally. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love it because um, I've been looking and kind of through the Elder Bednar's talk that I, I referenced of the gathering. And um, he says that he learned three different things that um, he hadn't necessarily went into the, the study uh, searching for. But anyway, he said, for example, I learned from examining my large piles that the scriptures described at least three key aspects of gathering. And so when we're talking here about the elect, right? But um, the three key aspects of gathering are the purposes of gathering, the types and places of gathering, and the blessings of gathering. And so I think that, um, you know, looking at the gathering of the elect, um, the, the purpose behind that, and where they're going to be found, the, the types and places of them, and then the actual blessings of gathering, both for them and for us, and, and that Zion principle as we're, we're coming. But yeah, so um, we've just been kind of going from start to finish there, but <laughs> we haven't made it very far. We're only in uh, the seventh paragraph of, uh, of this talk, uh, just kind of talking about the, the elect and what it means to be elect and what that. What was Elle reading from? Or Elle, what were you reading from? Um, it was a quote by McConkie. It had lots of scriptures um, from Revelations of the Restoration page 234 i'm assuming it's a book i don't have it i don't know where i got it i have another quote that's really good by carol r mcconkey um says elect sanctification is a process and i don't know where i got this either whereby we eventually become pure and spotless before god the elect are chosen and called elect because they merit the appellation and yet not quite because of merit but because they have gone through a process, having becoming godlike, having become elect spirits, the elect are not rewarded for good works, but they have become elect because they have developed into godlike spirits. There is no selection on any other basis than change of character. There are no arbitrary placements, no selections because of rank or family or worldly nobility or talent. God is no respecter of persons choosing one over the other without worthiness because their hearts are set so much upon the things of the world and aspire to the honors of men. They do not learn this one lesson. It's yeah. very interesting. I'm not sure where that's from. I was trying to see if I could find a source of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm looking up the revelations of the restoration is by Joseph Fielding McConkie and, um, it's a massive book. I mean, it's pretty big. Um, I'm going to have to look at that. So it's just a, a commentary. Let's see. A commentary on the Doctrine and Covenants and other modern revelations. Is, is that Bruce R. McConkie's son? Or do you know? I think so. I don't know. I, I don't really know the McConkie family that well, but I you know, I've read a lot of... Well, Joseph Bruce R. McConkie was married to um, Joseph Fielding Smith's daughter. Uh-huh. And Joseph Fielding is like it's named after the grandpa. And then, but his name's McConkie. So I'm wondering yeah. if it's... Yeah, I just looked him up. Uh, his dad is Bruce R. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've got like so many notes in my head's kind of similar. <laughs> but um, interesting, like in verse nine, the time is coming when those who do not obey the Lord will be separated from those that, that do. Uh, footnote um, L in there, it goes to Doctrine and Covenants 86, one through seven, um, which is interesting, kind of studying that in context as well. But um, we're, we're definitely seeing uh, a winnowing, uh, effect in the end times but it's going to even escalate further and um there's just a lot to that but um the end of that paragraph his gift to you will be the peace and security of knowing that you are worthy to meet him whenever that time comes and i think that that's crucial that he says that you know whenever that time comes that that varies depending on on the person and the lord's timing but it's not always just death you don't have to, to wait to that moment kind of thing. For some, it, it may be, but um, but the, the gift is the peace and security knowing of that word. Yeah. That comes. The scripture that has been coming to me this week is the one from the Book of Mormon that's in Alma that says, now is the time for men to prepare to meet God. Mm -hmm. This life is the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And like President Nelson, that talk we just did last week, now is the time. He's telling us, it kind of goes along with that uh, mm. scripture you're saying there. Yeah. It <laughs> a talk in Relief Society today, and I was able to say out loud, there's a whole other sermon in the footnotes. If you want to <laughs> go to the footnotes. <laughs> i know i think that that's one of the the biggest things to like uh help others is like go to the footnotes just go study them because that it, it's such a, a rich blessing to to pour over those uh, that's what i was saying here like with this short article well it's not, i mean it's, it's actually kind of long but um there's what 32 verses and there's also 31 or, or 32 footnotes to this talk uh, not this, this article in the enzyme there's there's a ton here to, to pour over uh, I, my mom and i were studying this afternoon and where did we get to we only got to like verse nine didn't we i mean we spent like two or three hours just doing those Going through the footnotes and, and pouring over what all of that means. There's so many rich footnotes there. I, yeah. I'm still looking at verse 14 and mm -hmm. wondering exactly who's talking there. It's in quotations. Is that God the Father? Yeah, so it's referencing Abraham 2, 9 through 10. Let me look that up really quick. Because when I first read that, I think that's referring to how Christ becomes our father after baptism. Um, when we start uh, taking on the ordinances and stuff. 
he becomes our father. But is that God the father that's talking there at the first and then talking about Jesus Christ? So it says um, Jehovah. So let me read the, the context of it. Okay. So um, the, the footnote goes to Abraham 2, 9 through 10. But if you go to verse 8, he announces, it says, my name is Jehovah, and I know the end from the beginning. Therefore, my hand shall be over thee. I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee above measure. So, I mean, this is this is the Abrahamic covenant, right? Uh-huh, that's um, Jehovah uh, Christ speaking. Yeah. And thou shalt be a blessing unto thy seed after thee, that is in the hands. They shall bear this ministry and priesthood unto all nations, and I will bless them through thy name. For as many as will receive the gospel shall be called after thy name, and shall be accounted thy seed, and shall rise up and bless thee as their father. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee that is thy priesthood, and in thy seed that is thy priesthood. For I give unto thee a promise that this right shall continue in thee, etc. I mean, there's there's a ton to the Abrahamic covenant, but which I'm seeing a whole bunch of things that I didn't see before. Interesting. Because like verse 11 is like our veil ceremony. And I've never put that together before. Anyway, <laughs> I'll just deep dive that one later when I got time. Wait, verse 11 of Abraham, is that what you're talking about? Or verse 11 in this? Uh, in Abraham. In there. Abraham. Okay, so also see 11. Uh-huh, yeah. So I was reading verses 8 through 11 there. Um, but just so that we could get like who's actually giving it. He says, my name is Jehovah and and I make this covenant with thee kind of thing. But Abraham 2.11 is the latter part of our, our veil ceremony. Can you read that? Um, so I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee, that is in thy priesthood, and in thy seed, that is thy priesthood, for I give unto thee a promise that this right shall continue in thee, and in thy seed after thee, that is to say, the literal seed or the seed of the body, shall all the families of the earth be blessed, and even with the blessing of the gospel, which are the blessings of salvation, even unto, even of life eternal. <clears throat> It's very interesting. I've never put that together before. What was the date on this talk for this article? This one was April 2020. So right before the whole Hosanna shout and hear him and, and all of that, he's he's putting this in the enzyme just kind of under the radar. So uh, not only is it buried in... Uh, <laughs> uh, like I was saying at the first of class, sorry, I need to back up and reference myself, but uh, you know, there's kind of like the, the, <laughs> the, the totem pole of, of priorities for studying, you know, like I'm in the scriptures all the time. I'm in conference talks all the time. I rarely make it to the enzyme, which is so sad of me to admit, but um, so in, in my perspective, anyway, it, you know, he's already kind of um, putting this article out there in the enzyme kind of as a, you know, the electoral read it, and then uh, even yeah. further down is the footnotes of said article. You know, <laughs> it, it really takes a, a diligent study to to get all that that he's referencing here, because it, it's not like a general talk for general conference. This is like 
This is some, yeah, some good yeah, training. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at um, the, the footnotes, one of the prevalent things in the footnotes is um, what I had assumed about those were, were missionary references, but they're all about when you're looking at the footnotes in the full context of them, it's all about coming and parting the veil and seeing the Lord face to face being taught by him. And then also a common theme throughout all of the footnotes is the wilderness journey. Um, there's many different footnotes that, that reference that what's available to the saints in the wilderness and what's not available to the saints in the wilderness. Um, anyway, I have yeah, one scripture was saying that <clears throat> if you're in the wilderness, you're not seeing God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, and, and a lot of those references in his article here are talking about our future wilderness journey when we are brought out and called out kind of a thing. And, and he's talking about some of the privileges in the wilderness and some of the things that we miss out on in the wilderness until we get to the actual Zion and stuff. And anyway, it was, he was teaching a whole lot of, of principles there. Um, but you don't get that unless you're in the footnotes and put in your, your nose to the wheel. <laughs> <clears throat> I can see we've got a lot more studying to do on this. Very That's right. <laughs> we're, just, we're just cracking it open. That's we're, there's a lot of stuff in it. Huh? Yeah, I mean. So I, did we talk about this before? I think that we we briefly had talked about this talk. I don't know, and it seems like I went through and started. Go pulling out the footnotes and looking them up, and then now I'm thinking, wow, this is all new, and I have not looked at this before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, like when me and my mom just pulled it out this afternoon to to really cram for our our sessions or whatever. I'm like, holy cow, this needs a lot more hours to it. Like actually diving over this stuff. Yeah, like there's, right? you know, there's many conference talks that I kind of do the same thing with. Of, you know, I I've read it thousands of times, you know, but then. <laughs> when you're ready to be taught there's there's a lot more time that needs to be thrown into it but the the principle of gathering the principle of elect and i see that l posted a, another link for the elect of god there and and the <laughs> doctrine of, of wilderness is prevalent there too <clears throat> but yeah i would say you know just based upon <laughs> my my study today I think that this is one of the most foundational talks of the second coming that that we have and um how little it's studied by me <laughs> i was like i need to come back to it's this. not a talk you have to read it it's, yeah, not you a talk. Have to read it. it's not just one given to a general audience this is yeah this is, you have to put forth a lot of you effort have to read it. It. but the footnotes and the content of this um, this is our roadmap. This is our charge for the second coming and, and preparing the world. Um, like it says in, in verse 23, it is our charge. It is our privilege to help prepare the world for that day. And, and what we need to, to go through, because after that, from like 24 through verse 30, it's all about Isaiah's ladder. And, um, you know, you're going to need to be relentlessly seeking truth. You have to pray for courage not to give up because you will get discouraged in the days ahead. There's going to be things that seem unfair. Friends will betray you. And you have to 
with increasing precision defend the church and kingdom of god and prepare for divine destiny etc i mean this talk is <laughs> this uh, article is so profound i mean it is the the battle plan that that we follow um and and i think a, a good when we commit this to memory and have it become a part of us we will and i think rise to our full stature verse 26 is is big too we need to because it there at the end it, it talks about uh, us uh, being saviors unto the people and you know most people you know have trouble with the fact that we can be many saviors you know we can be um yeah you throw out that term like <laughs> saviors proxy saviors etc it's like no there's only one savior versus and it seems blasphemous again and but the lord has been so oh, loving and caring and helping us on this journey all of us that he's allowing us because the lord could do all that himself you know easily but he's he's taking us along and letting us help be many saviors proxy saviors to teach us to help us to that you know that rung on the ladder that we think is like you never can reach like to be like jehovah you know but he's teaching us how to be gods you know in a in a little mini way and letting us help with that and i think it's all part of our the loving process that he's doing to help us to to learn and, and grow in that process mm -hmm. in verse 27 it says do what it takes to strengthen your faith in jesus christ by increasing your understanding of the doctrine taught in his restored church he's trying to take us out of the present and put us into what the doctrine is and not to get stifled and he's done that in another another talk when he wanted us to get a testimony of the restoration mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that we can we can get so caught up of what's happening surfacely that we forget the restoration and the importance of of that part yeah exactly one of my main questions coming out of this and looking at the timing of this article was how is this article uh preparatory for the restoration proclamation that, that comes out is that a year later or was it that same year anyway but this is like just preparatory for it and um i think much it was the same year. year because it was on the anniversary of it right yeah restored. yeah this is a, it says at the beginning of this talk it was um 200 years of light so i, I think it was that next conference talk I think the proclamation came out on in the year because it, it was 200 years. The oh, wait. Yeah, it, it's just the next April. So this um, came out in the April enzyme, this article. Mm -hmm. And then the proclamation was read by President Nelson as part of his address at the April General Conference. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, Keep trying to companion things. Yeah. There, yeah. And that's what we're studying next week, right? I think yeah. is the restoration. restoration. Yeah. So kind of looking at these, like these two go hand in hand and how they are, are kind of our marching orders and the, um, like you said there uh, in 27, increasing the understanding of the doctrine and uh, getting there uh, on a personal level. Because, like in, in verse 25, um, rarely in the future will it be easy or popular to be a faithful Latter-day Saint. I mean, we will all be tested and um, we shall suffer persecution. So we have to know this stuff and be uh, firm in our faith and our convictions and um, with increasing precision. Did you happen to see the spreadsheet talking about um, General Conference over the years since 1942? Uh-oh. Let me see if I can grab that real quick and throw it in. Um, anyway, you can keep talking. Uh, yeah. Um. Let's see. I don't know. <laughs> I've got like so many different uh, ideas and stuff. We're kind of wrapping up on our time, but uh, interesting in, in verse 11 there, where he talks about uh, Jeremiah 16, 16, you know, where the fishers versus the hunters of men. I, I think it's interesting how he's referenced that there. It says in many nations, our members and missionaries have searched for those scattered uh, of scattered Israel. They have hunted for them out of the holes of the rocks and they have fished for them as in ancient days. But I think that, you know, that, that prophecy that Jeremiah is doing is, is multifaceted as well. Yes, it applies in, in this instance, but I think that that, that great hunting of the 144,000 we'll be doing will is still yet to, to be played out in its fullness. But um, interesting that he, he pulls it up here. Because that's definitely not one that, that many prophets reference. So here it, is. it goes through and takes out key phrases from the general conferences since, I think, 1942. I oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. And it shows you how many times they've been said. Interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to go through that. That's from that that Christian Homestead guy that you watch, Mom. Yeah, yeah, I read through that actually. I thought about sharing that on our our words Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another interesting uh, point of this talk is with verses 16 and 17, where. Uh, the choice to come into Christ is not a matter of physical location, a matter of individual commitment, and talking about um, that people can be brought to the knowledge of the Lord without leaving their homelands, that the Lord has decreed the establishment of Zion in each realm where he has given his saints their birth and nationality. I, I thought that was an interesting way to, to phrase it and, and put it. But that um, the place of gathering for Brazilian saints is in Brazil, the place for Nigerian in Nigeria, etc. Um, but 
it is wherever righteous saints are. And looking at how that will play out as we are all gathering in the, the end times um, and call out wilderness journeys, all of that, and how that plays into it, I think it'll be interesting. Do you think that's fulfilling the prophecy that the gospel will be taken to all the world? If he's, when he's saying that. Yeah. All members of the church have access to doctrine, ordinances, priests, or keys, regardless of their location. Yeah, yeah and the, the great temple building effort that has escalated and, and hastened at these end times in order to be able to get those closer wherever. I mean, where was I looking? Just how many temples are going into Africa, you know, because that's such a hard place to, to travel with. And man, there's a ton, uh, you know, all over the world, but, but Africa has really seen a, a surge. It used to be said that our chapels could be turned into temples. Is that something they're still saying? I don't know. I, I mean, like I, I've heard that, but I don't know if I've heard it from like church authorities in any way, but um, I, I still think very much it'll be you know, like as we have temple dedications and we can have our, our stake centers as uh, temporary dedicated spaces for for attending those and stuff, I, I, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't be able to uh, utilize them in the future for purposes like that. But I don't know. That's, that's a... it's especially like like if it's a, a stake center has a, a font, you know. For at least maybe baptisms, maybe not all. We think of the chapel, and there's always like two sections. If there's a gym or cultural hall, you write the baptistry. The tea lustral is the cultural hall, and as you advance in, yeah, yeah. And then I heard someone say something about was it on this group? Fabrications of or portable temples. Mm -hmm. ah, where was that? I totally forgot about that until now. I was going to look that up. But yeah. um, right that? now in in Bountiful, the Bountiful Stake in Utah has mm -hmm. put together a traveling tabernacle. Oh, and yeah. they are moving it around. It's going to be in Syracuse like this week, and then they're going to move it down to Layton. But they've their stake has create uh, put one all together and. That's of like the old tabernacle, right? Like the old tabernacle. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So fun and interesting. And they're, building um, like their state. Mm -hmm. they're, they're doing that for our youth conference. They're building a tabernacle. Yeah. Acting out the 10 tribes. Yeah. Or they're, <laughs> so fun. they're not 10 tribes, the 12 tribes. They're, they've each been assigned to a tribe. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. That'd be so fun. To be a part they of. They haven't had the conference yet, but they had their pre-conference devotional, where they all were assigned to a, a tribe and made a flag. And I know this state, the state down here, when they did it, they had a multicultural big fireside with every you know a bunch of different religions and and stuff to when they kicked it off. So oh. kind of in yeah, you can you look it up it's the traveling tabernacle bountiful utah whatever you'll find yes. it stefan was talking about that on group c mm -hmm. yeah he was gonna yeah go. i went down we went down okay. and went Did through you? it oh cool. yeah 
Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, interesting along that that line of of traveling tabernacles and stuff like the the Yago Guam uh, temple open house is a, a traveling open house this time because of travel restrictions and things. And I found that very interesting. Okay, can I ask a question? Yeah. I, sure. I, all right. Whoops. Am I talking now? Can you hear yep. me? All mm -hmm. right. So when the Rome temple was dedicated, it was, did you guys know it was a three-day dedication? Mm -hmm. Does that click? I mean, have we ever had a three-day dedication for yeah. a temple? Have yeah. we? Most of them last a, a little while. Um, let's see. But like, I mean, all of them were there doing the dedication three days. Oh, as far as like all the apostles and everything, yeah. So, um, what was the most recent one that I heard had kind of switched from something? But like Idaho Falls, when we went up to that one, they had a two-day dedication on that one, where um, that the the apostle was was there both both sessions and gave the the prayer. But one just recently, I can't remember which one it was, um, said that it, the apostle stayed for the first day. But then the subsequent um, days of, of the sealing session or uh, the dedicatory sessions that he just gave his talk to the, the, the temple president to, to reread during the, the following sessions of it. But uh, interesting that all I mean, of the apostles were there for all three days of that. And, and think about it. What three days symbolism, you know, it's yeah. the, you know, the crucifixion being crucified and the day and then being resurrected i mean it just it kind of hit me i mean i hadn't put that together before uh-huh yeah and then one other thing that i you know that's the talk the one with the and maybe you guys went over this because i missed it when you guys were doing it on the um gaining momentum whatever it was faith through momentum whatever with the basketball game and that um when he talks about they, you know, they got the basket and then they went into the locker room. And then they, when they came back for the second half, I didn't connect second half before and to gain momentum for your second half. Yeah. I mean, was that telling us something? <laughs> I mean. Because we're like, um, that the, uh, what is it point guard or whatever the, the guard and the assistant or whatever point guard um, yeah I, is it poster i don't know anyway he uses the terms i'm not a sports person yeah that these two people um assist in igniting the spiritual momentum right and, and then in the second half it's up to the rest of the team to keep that momentum going it's not just uh, relying on those two people anymore no everyone and and getting that um that fire stoked <laughs> but yeah, yeah a lot of uh interesting that second half you know we talk about second like, half. points and um dividing into to two there I, yeah i think that that's really significant yeah especially when you know we were told the that hinge point and then their second half i mean it's just kind of like is that what you're telling us? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Are, are, are you... Okay, wait a minute. Can you expand on second half for a second? Because I can't explain it. Mm -hmm. The okay. When you go, have you been? You've been to a basketball game, or you know, 
Yeah. Well, it, what do you mean? Okay. What are you What are you referring it to, though? That talk that um, President Nelson gave. I understand gave. the talk, and I got the talk, and, and, it's and they up, but... and the the kid that he was telling the story about the basketball game, and they were behind, and then they scored, and they tied or whatever it was, but they went into the locker room. When they came back out for the second half of the game, they were going with momentum, you know, to finish strong. And, and so and, like referencing that hinge point of, of Rome or um, when, when President Nelson's kind of going through that era right there, right? And yeah. um, where hinge point, there's a first half, second half, and, and what that might mean as far as timelines and tribulations and all that kind of stuff so are you dividing the, the tribulation the first three and a half years the second three and no half i'm years? not that, that by the second i'm not that deep into it i just it, it's just like it, to me it just felt like okay with him you know stating the hinge point that was to me that was a hinge point that okay times are changing now and they were but yeah, now now saying <laughs> you know, referencing that talk and, and specifically, you know, telling about a basketball game and, and the second half, going into the second half. We, you know, and even our state president, when they came, they were talking about the momentum, keep pace with that momentum, you know, telling it, you need to keep your momentum going. So I guess a bunch of different things have kind of clicked not all at once because it's all of a sudden been like this last week that it's like wait a minute you know them things that hit when you're not expecting it mm -hmm. yeah it's supposed to happen the second half tribulations worst trip the trip the, the big, worst tribulations yeah okay. the big tribs yep okay yeah and I we know we're looking at famine we know we're looking at you know so many other things right mm -hmm. my bishop said i think we might have a recession but we'll be okay i'm like oh it is but, so weird how it's playing buddy, out oh my gosh dude you you we <laughs> <laughs> do instacart so we're in the grocery store almost every day and there was a time like around thanksgiving christmas until about march that there was a lot of things that we couldn't get and now it seems like we can get everything Mm -hmm. and so that scripture about um all is well in zion blah blah, blah. yeah yeah People yeah when it actually happens normal everyday things and bam uh -huh. yeah it's that crying wolf principle almost kind of playing out it's like <laughs> that that plays out with my brother all the time he's like how many times are you gonna <laughs> cry wolf or whatever and i was like just wait one of these days it's going to be the full-on tribulations and, and you're gonna wish that you had listened people aren't people aren't people aren't seeing it i don't know why they just think oh everything's back to normal and things are in the store i don't know i guess it sounds like your stores are all nice and full mine is I can't, well, I can't say that they've reshuffled things around. Yeah. Um, I noticed because I used to buy when it was on sale, frozen chicken breasts, you know, flash frozen chicken breasts or thighs. And they used to have eight shelves of it. Mm -hmm. Now they have two shelves of it and they put in like, well, like popcorn shrimp and I mean, popcorn chicken and, and a one and a half ounce or well, yeah, one and a half 
ounces, I think, or two ounces instead of like nine ounces of chicken. Or the whole pound, whatever. It's, it's smaller amounts and different kinds. So well, they're and I making think it look like they're there isn't given you know, the illusion that it's still uh-huh. just the same. Yep. The yeah. illusion. And, and I don't think it's going to be in full swing until maybe 24. That's what I've heard other people say. You know, it, they're just given the illusion that it's okay, but it's going to take a while and then it's going to just hit us like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the, the virgins, you know, the ones that were prepared and the ones that weren't. And I think it's going to just hit us one day. Well, look at all these we're going to be surprised. All these processing plants that, you know, yes. are burning and they're right. killing chickens and for different yeah. things. You can't get eggs. You can't, I mean, all these. I know. And I tell people that and they're like, oh, well, I see plenty of eggs in the store. I and I see chicken in the store and uh, it's okay. It's going to be there. <laughs> like, yep. uh, just give it some time. Give it till next summer or 24. And then, then you're going to see the shortages, I think. I don't know. I can't, I can't convince people now. They're just like, no, it's fine. <laughs> so have you been feeling this coming for a long time? I can't remember what your, your take on this was. Like I, I've been feeling this coming for about 15, well, more like 18 years. Oh, 18. Wow. Really? Wow. How to, you're on. Yeah, to be sufficient and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I've only been, well, I've been, I've been prepared for a while, but the urge to really get prepared started in the middle of the pandemic. I thought, okay, this is, yeah. you know, when the silly toilet paper thing was like, I'm like, oh, this is just <laughs> toilet paper, but there's going to be other things. And this is just a trial run. And I thought, okay, you get yourself organized. <laughs> and I'm still, I still have to, a few things to do, but I'm like, I don't know where I live. Why might not make a difference? We might just have an earthquake and be wiped off. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be blessed for the efforts regardless. Yeah, but, I guess. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Exactly. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. that's the thing about being obedient. You get blessings for being obedient. Mm-hmm. Well, and if we, I get wiped off, I hope somebody else can at least use it, that it won't all get Exactly. Ruined. That's all I can exactly. say. Yeah. It's a fun time. It's a fun time of the church. It's a fun time of the world. <laughs> but isn't like the, the promises that we have so hopeful through that whole process of like, oh yeah, because if I didn't have like a, a scriptural or doctrinal base to, to anything, I would, I would probably be like extreme prepper, like doomsday bunker type of living right now. Cause the world is just in, in upheaval in, in greater measures. Like I, it's not going to be long before we're thrust into, to the world stage again of, of war. And I mean, there's just, there's stuff. <laughs> I have no doubt. We're, well, we're already at war. Mm-hmm. I mean, even one of our top brass people said, in a news conference yeah we're currently at war with russia i mean they came out and said it yeah time's coming there (laughs) we have to bird in in all of our different things get our ducks in a row yeah exactly yeah anything else on on this talk or um so just a reminder next week we're going to be doing restoration proclamation um all all of our groups are going to be studying that that same one but 
Yeah. Is that the enzyme one or which one's that one? That's the one he gave it in his uh, his talk, um, but it's uh, it's just kind of that standalone document. It was written by all of the apostles and. Oh, okay, okay, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the full-on restoration proclamation. Um, My brain's just a little full. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is faith? I'm, I'm forgetting which talk is it actually in. Like, if you're reading it here in this book, it's in... Is it go forward with faith? No. In... I can't remember. I, I'll put it out there. It would be in 2020. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Oh, here it is. Um, it is. Is it the hear him? Chapter 43. We affirm. Yeah, yeah, it's chapter 43, and so it starts on page 118. Um, he starts quoting it there in verse 37. Um, hey, what talk is that? Uh, it's the hear him talk. Hear him, okay. Yeah, hear him. Oh, okay. Quite a ways down, but um, it... Now as we now contemplate, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so... Uh, we issue the, the following proclamation. Its title is the restoration of the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, bicentennial proclamation to the world. And so he reads it in its fullness there. Um, but, you know, if you just Googled uh, restoration proclamation, it would come up as well. You know, it's a lot shorter than, than this talk that we did today was, but I think that they're very much companion pieces. I'm not seeing footnotes in, in that. And you can get the words on the church website under hear him talk if you scroll down right under the video but i don't see footnotes in it do you have footnotes in it no i don't have any footnotes to that one that'll be fun we'll create our own <laughs> but maybe that's kind of why these are like companion talks or whatever like all of the footnotes are are in the enzyme article because they're both coming out in in april very interesting yeah anyway we'll have an awesome discussion next week as well on on that and kind of piecing these together it'll be fun uh, going through all the different groups with with this this week and seeing what we got and kind of tying it all together next week with the proclamation there but yeah it's been fun and also just a reminder uh, if anybody's doing the the ham radio with us uh we're gonna have our first zoom session this saturday um for that uh, at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And how many videos are we supposed to watch? Two of them? Is it two? Uh-huh. So it's like basically like two a week. Let me pull up the schedule really quick. I haven't watched any. <laughs> I think I watched part of the first one and that's it. You're going to be busy this week. <laughs> Just I guess. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <clears throat>
I'm I'm a little behind. I haven't done this last week at all. So we're supposed to do some every week. Is that the idea? Uh, yeah. So I sent oh, that one schedule. Then. And so it's uh, one chapter a week. Uh, but there, I mean, there's like the first week is 20 minutes. The second week, there's 22 minutes kind of a thing. Um, so uh, this week right now that we're in, uh, it's going to be going through chapter five. So there's one, two. So there's a about an hour and a half full of videos from the beginning of class up into okay. the Zoom session. Well, so I'm just not very motivated on my own. We need <laughs> almost need a weekly Zoom class, but I know it's not possible. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's we, just, we but um, here's the yeah. link to that that schedule again. So okay. it has all of the links to the videos and stuff in there. Um, oh, yeah. awesome. But yeah, it's kind of hard, you know, not having like regular accountability with it and stuff. I, like this whole last week, I've just kind of fallen off the radar. But, but again, we're not trying to like push and, and get this, you know, well, the, the Zoom session is about trying to kind of come together, see where we're at and kind of regroup if we need to and, and help each other uh, along. Uh, but, but yeah, I feel a, a real big push to We'll be discussing the group by as well for any ham radio equipment that any of us are needing um, uh, uh, this Saturday and organizing that and getting it purchased because I don't know I just feel like we I need to to get things purchased pretty soon if if I'm going to so I feel that about everything everything needs to be purchased real <laughs> soon <laughs> it's like and I keep saying oh this is the last I'm done now and then I'm like oh now I find something else it's like <laughs> yep. it's just constantly it's like <sighs> yeah for sure yeah I feel that all the time on everything but yeah so this Saturday is the the ham radio zoom and then next Saturday uh May 21st is the four ordinations uh zoom call both of those are Saturday morning. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, have a good time studying restoration proclamation and everything for next week. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. Have a great week. Thanks. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.